0: Hey everybody and welcome to another episode of the Comic Obsessive. This is episode 23. As always, it hasn't changed yet. I'm Jason DeHart and I'm Adam Piles. And on this very super edition, it's a supersized episode, we're going to be talking about Superman starring in Action Comics issue 554. That's 554. It's an Adam pick and uh enjoyed it a great deal but i will hold off on my accolades for the issue and the character and the creative team and all of those things adam would you like to give us a brief rundown of what was happening in this issue and
1: maybe what drew you to it yes i certainly will so um, this issue is part of a much bigger arc in action comics at the time it was full of time travel and and confusing characters and, and uh, plot devices and things like that. But I, I never knew that. I just had this issue as a kid, and I can talk about how I got that issue in a minute. But I always saw it, even once I saw that it was part of a bigger story, um, I still feel like it's kind of a self-contained issue. It's not. It's mm-hmm. like the wrap-up to it. But <clears throat> just the nature of the story makes it feel kind of... Um, kind of uh, just self-contained. And so it's called If Superman Didn't Exist. And so we open up with what looks like a space armada coming towards Earth. And you see a lot of aliens interacting, talking. You see alien spaceships swooping down through Earth and um, evaporating New York's, not skyscrapers, but fishing villages and London's, not parliament, but London's farming communities. And so it's kind of odd because it looks like this is a very ancient world that the spaceships are um, taking charge of. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're making short work of everything that they're encountering. And there's some farmers who want to fight back. And then we see a couple of kids. And these kids are calling each other Jerry and Joey, and they're running around uh, talking about what their guy can do. Bet you our guy could fly just like that. Fly, Joey, that's nothing. Bet you he's so strong he can lift this whole rock quarry. So they're talking about this guy that they've created, or at least they (laughs) seem to have ownership over. And then they encounter these other kids, and the other kids mock them and make fun of them, and the kids dive into the like a a lake to swim or a, you know, dive off of a cliff to go swimming. And the alien seemingly destroys them and the kids run away and there's more like, um, space alien, uh, interaction. And then this was confusing to me as a kid and actually it's a little confusing to me now. (laughs) Yeah. 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 It says uh, on the next page, millennia later, the pyramids were discovered and their energies tapped by the immortal villain known as Vandal Savage. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so we're dealing with time travel, like we said. And it says to stop Savage, Superman joined with famed, And so it's almost like a recap of some previous issues. And then Superman seems seemingly gets destroyed. And then the last panel is like a, a... a panel of all the, you know, heavy hitters of the Justice League, and it says the Justice League was no more. The Titans were never born. No warrior in any age ever raised a sword in battle. And then you go back to the, uh, we we enter the flow of the story again, and the kids are running from the aliens, and they run up to the the, uh, the village, the villagers, and they want to fight back. And the villagers are saying, no, we can't do that. That's just impossible. The kids run off. And then the kids run into a cave. And the kids are bouncing ideas off of each other. And then one of them starts drawing on the cave wall. Mm -hmm. And they're basically designing Superman. And then you pull back on one page, and there he is. There's Superman drawn on the cave wall. Um, The aliens keep coming. And the two kids run up to the villagers, again, dressed like Superman. They've put together these costumes. And <clears throat> they run up to the villagers saying, hey, we can we can fight back. The villagers are saying no. And the spacecraft is swooping in with, like, the final beam, right? It looks like they're going to all be destroyed, all killed. And the beam is coming towards everybody. And the two kids are saying, you just have to believe. You just have to hope. You just have to. And so... Um, As the beam is getting closer and closer, all of a sudden, out of like this kind of pink energy, Superman materializes. Mm -hmm. And it's this great like, you know, fist pumping thing where Superman has just appeared there and it says, this is such stuff as dreams are made on. And then Superman flies into action and he makes pretty short work of the alien craft while the villagers cheering for him and then he goes through all of their craft and when he finally kind of confronts the the aliens themselves they're very meek and mild
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: and they're actually very sorry for what they've done but what it says is is that they have changed it to where the only way they could take over was to make violence and rebellion just not possible and so superman basically gets them to put things back as it were and and the cities materialize again and superman swoops off and returns to his uh, metropolis and then it ends with uh, a couple of characters here at the end that we'll maybe talk about in a minute but
0: yes yeah it circles back it circles back I hope that wasn't too much of a rambling explanation. No, it's a fascinating book. It's a really fascinating book. Confusing. (laughs) A little confusing. (laughs) Yeah. Well, and I would also say if people out there maybe haven't tried out Superman, which I'm sure there are listeners out there that haven't, you know, maybe they've read other stuff. Like, this is not a bad issue just to dive in and have some, some fun with. Um, We were talking a little bit before we hit record, and I can't remember exactly what my first introduction to Superman was, but the thing I really liked about this issue is that it captures some of that imagination. You know, when they're drawing Superman on the cave wall, and then he kind of springs into being later on in the book. It's kind of like, you know, what we all hope a hero is going to be, in a way. Um, And if you like the sort of the optimistic... World War 2, you know, always fights on the side of right kind of hero. Superman is is kind of that guy. And I think it was so I know Superman visited my mall when I was a kid, my local what? mall. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um in the middle of the mall, they would play music at this special showing. There was I can't remember if it was like a week that he was there. But, yeah, Superman visited the mall. There it, it was obviously some guy, probably some guy named Doug or something, um, dressed as Superman running in doing a little show. But as, okay, so
1: it wasn't really Superman. Is that what you're telling me?
0: Well, it, it will still it's up for debate, you know, it's really up for debate. But I know that I got like a plastic Superman cape at that point. Um, and I remember like pretending I could fly. But i don't know if it was that or christopher reeves or the superpowers action figure um that was my first introduction i also remember my rambling memories of superman include an issue that i found at my local barber shop hi fred hi fred's barber shop out there by the (laughs) way a little product placement here i don't know if fred's still living But I used to get my haircut. My parents would take me to get my haircut at this place. And there was this issue where, like, Superman was in a sewer battling a giant monster. um, And he let me have the comic because I loved it so much. And so that was also one of my first encounters with Superman. But, um, you know, my history with Batman goes back in a much clearer way. Superman was kind of in and out of the story a little bit more. But all of that to say, like, this is a cool vision of Superman uh, from a team of, of basic unknowns. Am I right about that? Marv Wolfman, Gil Kane, right? <laughs> Julius yeah. Schwartz being the editor. Uh, man, I hope those guys went on to be okay. Yeah,
1: um, I don't I don't think so. I think this was a one-off for them. Yeah, um, yeah. No, the, these were legendary creators at the time. Um, mm-hmm. Gil Kane was, from what I understand, kind of a megastar at the time to where I thought the whole like, uh, artists doing covers only to kind of get you to buy the cover or buy the comic was more of a recent thing, but uh, apparently it wasn't Gil Kane did a whole lot of, uh, covers back in the seventies and his, his art and he did, you know, a lot of Spider-Man, um, probably drew just about most of the major characters from both of the big two at one point. But, um, yeah, he was major, and of course, Marv Wolf- Wolfman was a mm. uh, major writer, too, at the time.
0: Funny story about Gil Kane. Do you have the time for a funny Gil Kane story? Let's hear it. I, the first time I ever actually paid attention to his name in a book, you know, I'd read multiple things that he'd done at that point, but the first time I was ever like, oh, that's a cool name, Gil Kane, oh, he did the art on this, was actually a an adaptation of the Jurassic Park movie.
1: Oh, That's funny.
0: Yeah, tops. you know, tops. Yeah. Comics, they did the cards, but, of course, they became uh, notable in comics in the 90s, as a lot of companies did. They did a comics adaptation and some comic storylines from Jurassic Park, and uh, this particular issue was an adaptation of the film, and it was Walter Simonson, Gil Kane, and George Perez doing kind of a, a wow. Team up on this, yeah. It was quite a, quite a talent show, um, yeah. and of course, Marv Wolfman is. Uh, I think I first knew him through Batman comics, but he has a long history with Marvel that I've learned more about on a uh, friend of the pod, Curtis Finley's um, Marvel Epics podcast as well. Yeah, yeah it was,
1: um, it, it was a great issue uh, and filled with a whole lot of talent. So. You're, you were more of a Batman guy, huh? Little, a Superman little bit guy. more, a little yeah. bit
0: more. I appreciate soups. I do. Um, but there was something about that, like dark sort of take on the Batman character that I think I, I vibed with a little bit more.
1: Yeah. Um, I think Superman was, um, I think he was my first favorite hero, but probably because he was the first one I knew. I think it probably came from the movies. Mm -hmm. Um, There's like a picture of me where my dad is literally holding me up on his arms, balanced across his arms, and I'm flying across the living room in like a a blue, I think they were blue Superman pajamas with a red cape. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, college was fun, but it was... um,
0: Right, right, yeah. Yeah. Yeah
1: but I think he was my first (laughs) I see my dad lifting me when I was in college. Um, He was my first favorite hero, uh, I guess because of the Christopher Reeve movies, Christopher Reeve's movies. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, And then, and I got this comic because my sister uh, went to sell on the flea market, I guess some of her, you know, old toys or whatever. Uh, She went to sell on the flea market with our grandpa and she bought me two comics that day. And when she got home, she gave me, gave me the comics and I was just blown away. And both of them were Superman. Uh, this was one of them. Another one was uh, man of steel special number three, where he fights Amazo. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. I still have both of them, even though they're very old um, and they've, they've been with me the entire time. So they, they have been loved. But one thing about, Superman that I think is I don't know. Always kind of disappoints me is that everybody says that Superman is boring. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I've never seen him as boring. Um and I think one thing is that people say, well, he's just he's got all the powers. I get that. But he also makes the choice to help instead of yeah. rule the entire world, right? I mm-hmm. mean no nobody could stand against him. And I think always making the right choice, I don't know. Maybe it just strikes people as boring, but I I find it, well, he's the inspiration, right? He's, Mm -hmm. It's people consider him boring, but he's also an inspiration to a lot, I think, in in these circles. Um, But what did you think of the issue? I guess we should probably talk about the issue. Uh, Uh, Oh, yes,
0: the issue, Yeah.
1: yeah. So what did you think about the issue itself?
0: Very creatively done. Uh, It did take me a second read to kind of piece some things together, but I I loved the science fiction kind of space battle scene things. I always appreciate, you know, we talked about this with Rom, but I always appreciate the science fiction kind of take on things. And I I just think about the sheer amount of time that Gil Kane probably spent drawing those spaceships. You know, I, I was pleasantly surprised at the... Toward the end of the book, where Superman sort of confronts the the fluffy aliens, and You're they're right, like, yeah. "Oh, oh, we didn't mean to." That's how you know yeah. they sounded in my mind. um yeah. And I love the sort of iconic scene where you see Superman kind of up on that cave wall. You know, yeah. it makes me think about how a lot of people tie comics all the way back to like days of hieroglyphics and telling these action stories through drawings on cave walls and so i thought that was a really cool nod and and it's really like it speaks to the power of the imagination and i think what drew me to comics in the first place of you know you've got these superheroic characters and like you said that superman does the right thing he's uh, a positive character and so i i appreciate that, that about him even though You know, Batman is a little more emo of a character. Um, (laughs) Superman still has a lot of cool moments, and there are cool moments in this book and and a lot of cool moments that I've seen him have in other books, too. I was reading, have you read the, the Superman Rebirth in DC, that sort of, like, run?
1: No, I don't. Rebirth. So that's not the new 52, right? No,
0: so uh, I think this was more like 2016. And yeah, I yeah. might be wrong because they reboot quite often. They do, but, yeah. Um, I get, there's an, oh, I get lost. No, I was just saying uh, that. I, I get
1: lost in the reboots, but go ahead. <laughs> what was yeah,
0: the, there's an issue where Superman is battling um, Helios, the god of the sun. Okay. And Diana is in it. And there's this part where Helios is like, all right, Superman. You know, they kind of have this battle. Um, and Helios is like, all right, I'm going to do you in. You've, you've pushed me too far. And he bursts like Superman with this huge amount of radiation from the sun. And so the entire panel goes red or blanks out or whatever. And when it fizzles out in the next panel, you see just powerhouse Superman standing there because obviously, spoiler alert, um, he, his powers come from the sun right. and he's saying you must not know much about me and that's sort of that like that superman at his finest i feel like yeah um and and interesting that you you mentioned he has all the powers because he's also one of the first characters that i can think of uh outside of what jim starlin was doing with you know marvel one of the first characters to go through a death story in comics yeah. um so there's a lot to appreciate about good old Cal el I feel like. And this this issue feels kind of like a love note to that character in a couple of ways. One, one of which um, comes toward the end that we haven't talked about yet. Um, but I'll, I'll leave that gigantic super spoiler to you. Well, I, I guess we should also address who the
1: two kids were who were running around mm-hmm. through the story. Mm-hmm. I don't think we really talked about that as well. So the two kids like I didn't get this when I was a kid, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, But then as I got older and I just kept rereading comics because,
0: you know, it was the 80s and what else are you going to do? Right. right. Listen to Hammer is one of the other things. Or that was the 90s actually. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um,
1: But on that splash page, you know, it says a very special issue in the amazing adventures of Superman. And then that little oval that says created by Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster. And so of course, Jerry and Joey are, you know, supposed to be Jerry and Joe, the the Superman creators. And Mm so once I put those pieces together, I found like a whole new level to the story, you know, a whole new homage to the uh, creators. And I I found it really uh, interesting and, and rewarding. And I don't know why this story has never really shown up too much in ways of like, you know, the top ten list of like influential stories. I mean, I understand that like there was about 30 issues later you had Alan Moore kind of put an end to the Silver Age Superman before uh, John Byrne kind of reinvented him. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I just feel like this captures such an essence of the, the character with the the hope and, and the optimism and the, you know, the hope that Jerry and Joe, Joey, uh, had and how their belief made him come true. It's, uh, actually kind of reminds me of to kill a mockingbird because uh, well, there you are. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a scene where, uh, scout, the child in the story kind of saves the day. There's, uh-huh. like a, there's like a showdown at the jail and these men are there to do violence and Scout doesn't get it. And it's through her childhood innocence that they are kind of shown how evil they're being and they turn away and they go. And so just I've, I've often said to students that childhood innocence or naive, naivety saving the day is a, a common trope in storytelling. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think that's what happens here, right? Jerry and Joe believe so much. And they just have that kind of innocence and naivety to think, hey, we can do
0: this. We can fight back when all the adults are like, no, forget it. Right. Um, it's ironic that you mentioned that scene because I literally just taught that scene in an online class yesterday. <laughs> How funny. No uh, kidding. No kidding. Uh, and we talked about like the believability of it. And, you know, there there is that like, I hope for something better. And I think Superman kind of represents that right. in so many ways. And it especially appealed to me that
1: these two little kids were running around talking about their hero and creating their hero and drawing their hero because that's all I wanted to do as a kid. That's Mm -hmm. all, uh, yeah. I sat at the kitchen table and drew so many, let's be honest, ripoffs, knockoffs of, uh, yeah, major major Marvel and DC characters at the time. We start
0: by imitating, we start by imitating.
1: Yep. Um, there's a page, uh, after he materializes that if anybody is listening and, and wants to follow along with us, there's a page after he materializes where he is flying and you see the kids looking up at him and you see the other people looking up at him. And as a kid, just that narration, it really made an impression on me about he is every silent night marching off to battle Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, and then, you know, it kind of ends with, he is Superman and just that whole inspirational element to the character is really in play here. It's kind of funny. It's not so much about him as a character, but more as a, him as a inspiration. Yeah. Yeah. There's Mm -hmm. not, there's not a lot of character development here. There's not a lot of character growth. He really just kind of shows up, but just him as a symbol. I think is a very powerful thing. Um, And then at the end, right? So he flies back and then it says, meanwhile, in a small house in suburban metropolis, you have two creators over a drawing board. Mm -hmm. Forget it, Jack. I can't think of anything. I didn't know who these people were when I was a kid. Yeah. And so it's, they're calling each other, Jack and Joseph. And so, especially with one of them wearing glasses as a kid, I was very confused because you had, uh, Joey, right. As a mm-hmm, kid mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Jerry, but not Jack. And one, and one of the kids was wearing glasses and one of these adults were, I didn't understand what was going on. Yeah. Yeah. After I got older, I understood that this is supposed to be Jack Kirby and Joe Simon, the captain America creators. Yeah. So they're, they're being inspired here at the end. Um, there's always hope, Joseph. Now I've got an idea. Look, what do you think? Wow, suddenly I'm getting an idea too. And I think it's just, um, just a great little issue full of heart. Um, yeah. I, I wonder too if, and I don't know the timeline of this, so I really don't know what I'm talking about here, but I know that there was a lot of discussion uh, about, and like maybe lawsuits, right? with getting Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster more credit more money Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. for
1: Superman creation. So I wonder if this was something that kind of came out during that period to kind of show creators on their side. I don't know.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I don't know when that was because at the end it does say dedicated to Jerry Siegel and Joe Schuster, whose imagination led generations to even more imaginings. With deep yeah. respect from Julie Marvin Gill or J- Gill, yeah, so it's a great
0: issue um, confusing as heck <laughs> yes, yeah, especially if you're not up on comics history, but I mean when when you think about like the positivity that Superman embodies, the next logical character to think about in my mind is Steve Rogers, yeah, yeah. And so I love that, that shout out across the board to Steve Rogers and um, Jack Kirby and Joe Simon there as well and um, that creating. And I also love there's this scene in the book where um, Jerry and Joey are wearing Superman costumes. Yeah. Which, of course, you know, as I mentioned, I, I met Superman at my local <laughs> mall. Right. And dressed as Superman. Uh, We both have stories of that. So there's just that part of it. That's just such a part of fandom. You know. um, Be be it. uh, Young kids or or college kids. As as you were saying you were. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, So so there was that. But. um, You were talking about Superman as an idea. And correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think that he has any lines of dialogue. I think he kind of shows up and he's kind of like you know you can really dig into the symbols here maybe he's the mockingbird i don't know um (laughs) right but he i think he shows up and i don't think he actually says anything i think you are right because
1: i i remember that one yeah you're right he's not saying anything here
0: um even when he encounters the fluffy aliens
1: yeah like um i remember that panel uh, where it says a sly smile twist across Superman's handsome face. And so you don't hear a lecture from Superman or anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You just see him as a, as a force. That's yep. a, that's a really good observation. I don't think I ever really, really noticed that before. Interesting.
0: But, I think we should write a paper about this now. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Thinking. Let's we should do it. At, analyze.
1: Let's, let's present it at a <laughs> conference.
0: I like it. I like it. I'm, I'm um, sure. Yeah. But but that, I mean, it's really a love note to the character, as I said. So there's that cool aspect of it. And uh, I hadn't really seen, this might make listeners cringe, but I hadn't seen Gil Kane do Superman that much. Um, it wasn't really a period that I was reading a lot of Superman at the time. So it's it's really cool to see kind of that take on the character, too.
1: Yeah, I knew him, mainly from Spider-Man. I mean, he did the uh, the Morbius appearance and uh, a lot of Marvel team-ups. Uh, mm-hmm. But he did the six-armed Spider-Man saga, that storyline from the late 70s. Uh, but yeah, uh, I think he did did great here. And I love that scene, too, where he is flying into battle, and the crowd mm-hmm. is cheering him on. Uh, one saying he's falling, but no, he's getting up again. I just love that. I love the inspiration. I love the, the hope and the optimism that the character embodies. I'm a sucker for that. I'm a sucker with that. And I love Captain America so much. Um, for that reason, like it's, it's about what we, what we can become, what we can do. Maybe not what,
0: maybe not what we are, but, um, Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I like that as well. I do enjoy the kind of the darkness of the Batman story. Sometimes they go a little too dark for me. There's one that just came out that I won't name by name um, because I don't really, you know, I don't bad mouth anything on here or anywhere really. But it was a little too dark for me. It was yeah. a little too dark. Um, so I like that balance that Superman brings. And yeah, I, I appreciate that about the DC universe as well. Yeah, and I love that about comics
1: in general. I've always said that like if someone says they don't like comics, I mean each to their own opinion of course but I've always thought I bet I could show you something
0: Mm -hmm, that -hmm.
1: you would enjoy because it's just so full. The comic universes are just so full of
0: everything. Right? Oh yeah. Be it Archie, be it EC, be it uh, you know some of the graphic novels being published right now which are mainly aimed at younger readers or manga or superman or spiderman or yeah the list goes on yeah
1: it does i always you know teach middle school and one of the questions i sometimes get at one point throughout the year is well who's your favorite hero Mm -hmm. and i don't know if i have like a favorite hero i I have favorite storylines you know what i mean like yeah yeah because it's hard to pinpoint just one hero who's like, yep, that's it. That's my favorite hero end of, end of story, because I love what each of the heroes represent, especially the, the bright ones, the optimistic ones.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Well said. Well said. It kind of reminds me of a line in Avengers where uh, they're not, you know, fully assembled yet. And I think it's Colson talking to Steve Rogers and he said, I have some ideas about uh, the uniform
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Roger says, uh, I figured the stars and stripes might be a little old fashioned. And then Colson says with everything that's coming out, uh, I think we could use a little old fashioned. Mm-hmm. And I just like that. Good characters don't die. You know, yeah. the, the, what they represent, it doesn't die. And I just, I always liked that. always enjoyed that.
0: When you think about this, this kind of takes us down a side road. So I'll make it uh, um, brief. But you think about like Superman and the message of like World War II, you know, punching Hitler. You think about Captain America punching Hitler and that scene in the Avengers where um, Loki is telling all the people to bow and this one man stands up. Right. And he's like, there will always be men like you and yeah. then steve rogers shows up there, there's so much good in just those couple of scenes introducing steve rogers in that movie um and, and so much that ties into characters like that so yeah yep absolutely good stuff don't get choked um, up don't get choked, yeah. up. <laughs> I got choked up
1: i had to mute <laughs> myself and, and cough um here's a random question Yes. Uh, what is your favorite aspect of the Superman suit? Because it's such an iconic suit. It's been redesigned. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. been blue, blue electric. He's been yeah. black. He's had a mullet. He's been a black suit with a silver emblem. He's had the mullet. Yeah. Um, he's had no trunks. He's been trunked. So yes. uh, what, what's your favorite aspect of the Superman suit? I have kind of a, a weird one, random one. But what what would you say is your favorite aspect of his visual?
0: Well, probably, I mean, obviously the, the emblem is the first thing that comes to mind. But I was actually watching uh, an Instagram video earlier today of this person using colored pencils. And they were coloring in some of the colors on the cape and if not the emblem i would say i mean the the cape is pretty emblematic it definitely captures that and it's hard to picture him without a cape like other heroes the cape might be there it might not um thor you know might might or might not have a cape but with superman there's that flowing cape and it's not a spawn cape that wouldn't fit Um, right so i like that part of it what about you
1: it's the cape, but it's a particular part. For some reason, I always get bummed whenever artists draw Superman and he doesn't have the yellow symbol on his red cape.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah.
1: For some reason, that to me is just uh, it, it's the icing on the cake of his design. There's just something about that that grabs me every time. Um, I had the Superman What were they called? Not superpowers. They were the superpowers Mm -hmm. collection, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Those were, that was probably my favorite toy as a kid. The Superman figure.
0: And he had the yellow on the cape, right? He did. The yellow symbol. I thought so. I thought so.
1: Good stuff.
0: Well, um, where are we headed Next. Well, we've talked about a couple of different things. I think next time is a pick from me. And we're going to stick in the DC universe for a little while longer, if that's okay. And I think we're going to check out a um, Secret Origins. Now, as far as which Secret Origins, I could go in a couple of directions. Um, There's a really interesting one that looks at the clay faces. That's really cool. There's um, one that has like, it's the Riddler Penguin and Two Face. That is probably the first one I read. Although the um, the Clayface one was back there too. The Secret Origins Special one in 1989 was uh, this issue right here. If you can see that, probably can't. With okay, my I do. Backstory. Yeah, yeah. I um, so I yeah, we can totally go into that one. Or if there's one of the Secret Origins that uh, sounds more appealing, we can totally do that too.
1: There was one that I read as a kid. Yeah, I see that one. That's a number one. Alan Grant, Sam Keith. Mm -hmm, That'll mm -hmm. be an interesting, uh, interesting one. Let's see if I can scroll through here, which makes for a really good podcast, people listening. Here it is, Secret Origins Annual 2. Yeah. It's got a lot of flash in it. I think,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, it seems like I had this one and I loved that one. Yep. Yes. So yes. we can, we can do whichever issue you want, but I would like to talk it for a second
0: about, um, the flash and the unforgiving minutes. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll check it out. Um, I'll bring some some background and some reading on that um, one with the Penguin and Two-Face and the Riddler, and we can also tackle, it can be double-sized as well, and we can tackle the um, Annual 2 as well. Sounds good. Lots of secret origins coming your way out there, listeners. That's right. Yep. This one has flash facts in it. Oh, uh, I
1: love it. I love flash facts uh yeah this
0: yeah well we'll talk about that next time i was getting ready to get into it right now i i hear you i hear you there's always more to talk about but we will we will save it for issue number 24 coming soon sounds
1: good well i guess the only thing we have left to do is to tell our uh, readers not our readers our listeners to stay obsessive and keep reading Mm -hmm. comics
0: Absolutely. Always good advice. Anytime. Stay obsessed about comics, Um, not toenails or anything like that. That'd be kind of weird, but comics, comics will treat you well. Um, They might not last quite as long as toenails, but they'll smell better. Yep. Stay obsessive.